They do anything with this, do All right, how's that? Amen, amen. All right, here we go. So, uh, once again, thank you to Pastor for this opportunity, but I think, I think I figured out why he asked me to preach. It's so when he comes back, you're more appreciative of his preaching. That's exactly what it is. So I'm, I'm glad to take one for the team if that's the case. Uh, we'll be in Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. I was talking with uh, Josh Starkey after he preached on Sunday night, and he told me that he really only got to 
get through point number one. And so I said, can I borrow the other two points that you had, and I'll just preach those for you. It's like a tag team situation. But he said no. Romans chapter 6, and I will be reading a few verses. Uh, I just want to make sure we get the context of what Romans chapter 6 is, is talking about. I'd like to read the whole chapter, and it's not many more verses until the end of the chapter to where I will read to, but just want to get the context of where we're going with this. Romans chapter 6, beginning in verse number 1, and the Bible says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we've been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin." Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. This will be our key verse. Verse number 12, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lusts thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. And the last verse, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. And tonight we'll be talking a little bit about, like I said, verse number 12, that the choice is yours. Let not sin, let not sin, therefore, reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Let's pray. Father, as we come before you here tonight, God, we are grateful to be in your house. We are thankful to be here. And God, for me personally, I'm asking for your help in preaching this, God. I know in and of myself I am not worthy, but I thank you that you have been so gracious to me and shed your blood and died for us all. God, we ask now that you please just help us, just, just a little bit tonight, God, help us in some way. We pray this in your name, amen. So once again, verse number 12, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Each and every day, each and every moment of the day, we make decisions. Some of them are large some of them are big decisions, some of them are momentous, some of them are the more minuscule, the everyday, the mundane decisions. For instance, this morning you had to make a decision, did you want to wake up on time or did you hit the snooze button and sleep in a little bit? And once you did wake up, did you have bacon and eggs for breakfast or did you have cereal? Well, if you hit the snooze button, you probably had cereal because you needed something quick. Decisions. The decision turned right or left. Do you work the overtime? Do you go home on time? Do you wear the tie that the wife picked out for you? Yes. Good decisions. We all make decisions. Each and every day, we have to make a decision. And, and in our normal, everyday life, so to speak, decisions need to be made. But also in our spiritual lives. 
Each and every single day, we are faced with decisions, many times multiple decisions, and we must choose what we will do, if we will do the right thing or the wrong thing. If we will decide to sin and let that sin have dominion over us, or if we will choose to yield ourselves to God. That word in verse number 12, let, let not. That's the whole key to this message, I, I guess you would say, let. Let, I'm not going to take the moment to define it. I think we all know what let means. You're allowing something. You're giving permission to something. You let your kids eat a snack. You let them go play with their friends. Whatever the case may be, you allow. It is permission. And so it is that Romans 6 is talking about victory over sin, allowing us to have a victorious Christian life. And that is my goal tonight, is just to encourage, to help, maybe to give a few tools for the toolbox, so to speak, of how we all can have a more victorious Christian life, how we can stop allowing sin to so easily beset us, as the verse says. Verse number 12, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. So many times, though, we just allow selfishness, the laziness, bitterness, anger, envy. Uh, we could go through the list. I mean, we're all Wednesday night crowd, as they say. We know the list of sin. We could go to uh, the, the Pauline epistles and look at the list that he gives of the sin that we see in everyday, everyday life. We could go through that list and we know what our besetting sin is, so to speak. We know that sin that might be the one that kind of, kind of trips us up a little bit. And all I want to do is just give you some thoughts. And this may be even just a springboard. I've only got four points, and I'm not, I'm not normally long-witted, I, I would say. I'm not normally long-witted, only four points. And just maybe even a springboard for you to, to have some thoughts on your own of, man, what can I do to, to better conquer and not be conquered by sin? And I'll have a few verses. You don't have to turn to them all, but I'm going to start off with number one. It's real simple. Real simple. Flee. Flee the sin. Run away from it. 1 Corinthians 10.13 tells us, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, here's the key, focus in here, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. Amen. In life, things come up. We understand that we're human, we live in a world that is, is full of sin, and we understand things come up. But sometimes the mistake that we make when we're trying to win against the fight, win the fight against sin, is that we just don't run from it. We don't run from the sin that is coming at us. Uh, the perfect example of running from sin. Probably already have it in your mind. Joseph. Joseph with Potiphar's wife. We know the story that she wanted Joseph to, to lay with her and commit so great a sin. What did Joseph do? He just took off out of there. There was no holding him back to the point where he left his coat behind. He ran from sin. He didn't want to have anything to do with it. He just ran. And too many times we just put ourselves in a position where the sin is right there. 
Whatever it is, I, I'm not getting too specific with the sin because I want you to, in your own heart and mind, to decide for yourself, man, what is that thing? But too many times we, we have the sin right there in front of us and, and the temptation is there to, to, to whatever it is. And all we really have to do is just leave. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. And then skip it down. But will with the temptation also make a way to escape. All too often, you've heard pastors say this, all too often we want to be delivered while we're in the midst of it when God has already said, I've given you the way out before it even came. Run away from sin. Run away, but then stay away. Just stay away from it. Why do you you put yourself in a place, in a position of danger where you have the potential to once again be tempted by the sin and possibly this time succumb to that temptation to sin? Stay away from it. Don't, don't, I often uh, describe it as don't flirt with sin. You, you, you get up right to it and you're like, man, I feel like I'm strong this time. I've, I've been really dedicated to reading the Bible, to really praying, and I feel like I am doing okay. So if I go this route that leads me down the path of temptation, so to speak, I think I will be okay. Why do that to yourself? Why do that to your, your family, possibly? Why do that to your church? Wait a minute, let me back up. Why do that to your God? Amen. Why do that? Stay away from the sin. Stay away from the, the, the whole concept, the whole idea of being in that position. James 4, 7. James 4, 7. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So number one, Just flee. Run away from it. Number two, resist it. I think way too often we just give up without much of a fight at all. Way too often we just kind of sit there and take it and take it and take it and to the point where it's just kind of pummeling us. It is causing us to sin and we're just taking it. Whereas if we follow James 4, 7 and we resist it, we have a better chance of fighting against Obviously, first of all, you want to get away from there. Point number one said, flee, but then resist. Sometimes you just you can't leave the situation, perhaps. You can't leave whatever's, whatever is, is tempting you, whatever is causing you the anger, whatever is uh, making you want to, to, to sin, whatever it may be. And all too often, we just, we just give up. The guys are at football camp right now. And, and you got those guys on the line. And I guarantee you, during all their practices, their coaches are telling them to keep driving your feet. If you're, if you're defending, if you're on the offensive line, the defensive line, I guarantee you their coaches are saying, keep driving those feet, keep driving those feet. Go for it. If you stop, down you go. Keep driving your feet. Resist. Resist the... the urge of the opposite team to try and break through your line and to get your quarterback or whatever the case may be, resist. But all too often, we don't resist. We don't. We just give up and we don't push back. We allow whatever it is to just roll over us. No questions asked many times. We, we don't fight against it. We just give up so easily. It's a constant motion to resist. 
You are constantly pushing back against it. Now, I, I don't have the physique that pastor has, apparently. I don't necessarily lift as high of weights as he does, but I, I do a little bit of working out, believe it or not. I do. And I know that as I'm lifting weights, if I stop resisting, say I'm, on, I'm doing the bench, and I stop resisting, what's going to happen to me? I'm going to get it crushed by the barbell. Now, luckily for me, it's not a lot of weight, so I don't have to worry too much about it. But if I stop resisting while lifting the weights, it's going to hurt me. If we stop resisting against the sin, it's going to hurt us. And then when you push back against the sin, you know what happens? You get stronger. You become more able to resist the sin. Now, once again, I don't want that to be misconstrued as saying, oh, you get stronger so you can flirt with the sin, going back to point number one. No, it's just you understand more how to fight against it. You understand more even how you can help someone else to fight against it. You think about it. If you're going to the gym and you're trying to get fit, you're not necessarily going to go to the person who is, is super uh, out of shape and say, I want you to train me. That wouldn't exactly make sense. You would want to go to someone who seems like they are in a decent shape, who seems like they know what they are doing on the machines, on, on, on the free weights, whatever it may be, and you want them to train you because you see the results. And a little side note there, that, that's exactly what I'm saying. When you, you get stronger, you build the strength, you're able to better resist the sin in your own life, the temptations that flare up, the flesh in me dwells no good thing. And then the whole purpose, you, you help someone else too. You help someone else to understand how to resist. You help someone else understand how to push back against the sin. You point them to the Bible verses. You ready them for their own trial. You resist. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You want the, you want the, the whole fight against sin at that moment to stop. Now listen, it's a moment thing. It's a day-by-day -day thing. It's going to happen constantly, but at least you win the battle. You want to win each and every battle. Now we know, we can read in the book of Revelations, we, we win the war, but I would definitely like to have some personal victories. Some personal records, so to speak. Resist. Get stronger. Push back. Don't give up so easily. And then also, I want to look in Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. You can turn there if you'd like. Ephesians 6, a very well-known passage of Scripture where it talks about the armor of God. The armor of God. And I, I was... Not in the service on Sunday night, I was on the lobby, but I do believe that I heard the armor alluded to. I could be wrong of that on Sunday night with Brother Josh. Uh, but I want to bring it up again tonight. Ephesians 6, verse number 11 says, Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, 
wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Winning the fight against sin, against sin, the choice is yours. You need to flee from the sin. You need to resist it. And we need to make sure that we gear up, putting on the whole armor of God. It's there for a reason. It's not there for a display case. It's not there to make a cute illustration during vacation Bible school week. It is there for a reason, a real reason, which is a real war waged daily Amen. against our flesh, against principalities, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, to quench the fiery darts that the devil throws at us each and every time, each and every day. It is no use sitting there and looking pretty once again. You have to put it on, and you have to put it on daily. It doesn't do any good if you don't use it. Think of it. You have all these pieces of armor that have been listed off. And sometimes maybe we just want to do a little pick and choose. Well, I'm saved, so I'll put on the helmet of salvation because that makes sense. But the rest of it, the armor can get a little weighty. It can be a little heavy to carry. It can be a little bit of a responsibility to bear. And so we pick and choose perhaps at times what we want uh, to put on in terms of the armor of God. Well, that makes about as much sense as, as having an, a gun and not putting in a magazine. Uh, having a gun and, and not putting all the components into it, the, the firing pin perhaps, the trigger mechanism, you have a tool, but it's no use to you. It's not fully there. You might be able to hit someone over the head with it, <laughs> but that's it. You need to have the whole armor of God on if you want to truly stand against Satan, against your own flesh. If you want to have the victory, the choice is yours to daily put on the armor and use it. Every single piece of it is important and necessary in order to have victory over sin. Fighting against the sin is a daily thing. So each and every day, when you wake up, when you get out of your bed, you ought to put on the armor of God. Now, for me personally, uh, that could be different for many people and when you do it, how you do it. For me personally, if I wake right up and try and read my Bible, it's going to be another good sleep. I can't do it. I just... I don't know, not a morning person. So I do, I, I got to move a little bit, grab a cup of coffee, I, I got to move, I got to wake up. But then it's important to get right in to your walk <clears throat> with God, to, to commune with him, to, to meet with him. As pastor says, not just reading, not just praying, but coming before his throne, meeting with the master allowing him to clothe you in his righteousness day by day, that you may make the right decisions against the fight against sin. Gear up with the full armor of God. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. If you want to win the fight against sin, the choice is yours. You can flee from it. You can resist it. You can gear up 
with the full armor of God. But then also, can I say that you need to prepare. And here's what I mean by prepare. You need to train. I would even go so far as to say, in essence, kind of practice. I want to look at Daniel chapter 6. Daniel chapter 6, verse number 11. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. Uh, Let me back up to number 10, actually. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before God, before his God, as he did aforetime. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. Uh, Then they came near and spake before the king concerning the king's decree. Hast thou not signed a decree that every man that shall ask a petition of any god or man within 30 days, save of thee, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? I'm going to pause right there. So Daniel chapter 6, we see the conniving of, of the king's men. We see them starting to form this plan, because they don't like Daniel so much. They don't like what he's doing. They don't like the position he has taken. They don't like that he's well-favored in the sight of the king. And so they have decided to take this, uh, this idea to the king and say, hey, for 30 days, no one can pray to anyone else but you, because you are supreme. You are the God of all. Oh, of course, the king kind of likes the thought of that, so he, he, makes, it, he makes it so. But th- what I want to really focus in on right here the end of number 10, he, referring to Daniel, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Before the sin of neglect, we'll say, the sin of, of idol worship by praying to uh, a false God and not the one true God, before that sin ever came up, as a temptation to follow, to succumb to. Before that ever came up, Daniel had already been practicing, so to speak. He had already been doing the right thing before the decision had to even come up to do the right thing, as he did aforetime, which means this was a a habit for him. This was a practice of his. This wasn't something new to him. This was something that he was already doing. pastor says it so often, if you fail to plan, then you can plan to fail. If we don't ready ourselves for the fight, then we're not going to be ready for the fight. You think of a, a boxer doesn't just hop into the ring and, and hope to land a lucky punch. Those guys have to have some major endurance. They have to, to know uh, how to properly maneuver themselves, to, to get their guard up, to, to protect themselves. If they just hop in there, uh, maybe they were in retirement, they decide exhibition match, and they want to hop back in, and they had better train. Because if they don't train and prepare themselves for that fight, they are going to lose, and they are going to lose very badly. If we want to win in our personal life the fight against sin, it is a choice. And it is a choice that God has allowed us to make, to daily prepare. Train to prepare. Practice makes perfect, as they say. Daniel already knew what he wanted to. Even if you go back to a few more chapters, go back to uh, number, uh, Daniel number three. I, I've always thought that this phrase has really stuck out to me. Daniel number three, you see the, the three Hebrew children, as they're known. 
the three Hebrew children, and, and they are given a choice to once again bow and worship this idol or to go into the fiery furnace. And, and the, the phrase that they use is, we are not careful to answer thee, O king. I've always loved that phrase. I think I even have written in my Bible, some things you just don't need to pray about. Because we already know, especially if we have been in the word of God, especially if we have, have communed with him, if we have walked with him, then we already know some things that we ought to do. And we should be doing them, preparing ourselves, readying ourselves. And once again, I've already told you, I'm not trying to make, uh, make, make it seem like I'm something all special and healthy, but I've been trying to be healthy, okay? I'm not healthy. I'm trying to be healthy. And I have, have taken up running, and I'm, I'm getting a little bit better at running. Will I ever run a marathon? No, I won't. I don't think so anyway. But I'm getting better at running. But I didn't start off by running six miles. I didn't start that way. I started with a very winded mile and built up to that six miles. I trained to run. I prepared to run. I didn't just go out there and hope for the best. Training to prepare for the fight. What are, what are some thoughts on that? Some things that we can train for? Well, how about you train in the, in the sense of you're memorizing the scripture. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. We want to win the fight against sin in our life. We want to so bad, but we don't ready ourselves for the win. We don't prepare ourselves for the win. We don't memorize the scripture. We're not walking with God, reading his word, studying his word. We're not spending time in prayer, really trying to get a hold of the throne of God. All too often, it's just our own words gurgling out of our mouths, so to speak. What does it mean? Are, are, are you really trying to meet with God? Am I really trying to meet with God? Am I trying to prepare myself to ready myself for the battle that is for sure coming? We train to prepare. We train to be better. I don't want to just stop necessarily at six miles of running. I'd like to gain a little bit of miles. You don't want to stay in your position at your job necessarily. If nothing else, you want to at least make more money. We try to get better at so many things in life. We try to get better at sports. We try to get better uh, in, our, in our knowledge of things, perhaps. But all too often, we don't try to get better in our spiritual life. We're, we're okay with plateauing, uh, just kind of towing the line, so to speak, uh, just kind of Coasting. We shouldn't just train to prepare. We should train to get better, once again, to help others, to, to better ourselves, to better uh, what we can do. Training. So we have a choice. We have a choice. Romans 6, 12. Let not sin. Will you allow it? Or will you flee from it? Are you going to run from it? Are you going to resist it? Will you gear up for the fight that is coming? And will you prepare and train for the fight? 
Why, though? Why? I'm already near the conclusion. I told you I'm not, not one to speak long, per se, but uh, wrapping this all up now. We know all this is important. We've heard it many times over. In a church like this, you, you can't uh, deny the fact, if you've been here for any length of time, you cannot deny the fact that we know we ought to resist sin. We know that we ought to have put up a fight against it. We need to, to win the battle against it. But let me remind you of why. Well, we can go with the very obvious. You know, God commands us, and I think that's the most important. We want to obey God. We want to follow him and what he is telling us to do. But let me give you a little, a little bit of things on the side here as well that kind of fall under that heading of obeying God. What happens? Well, you're guiltless. And there's sometimes, I, I'm not sure there's anything worse than a guilty conscience. You know you've done something, and maybe you know you need to fess up, as they say. You need to confess it, and, but you're just letting it ride there because maybe your pride, maybe anger, uh, maybe you just don't want to deal with it at that moment. But if you are resisting the sin and not constantly falling prey to it, not constantly being uh, overtaken by the sin, your conscience will be clear. Righteousness, holiness before God. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. I don't know about you guys, but I would love it if when I needed him most, I didn't have to dig through the piles of sin that have built themselves up around me because I have just given up. I would love to know that in my time of need, I can just say, God, I, I need you. Help me. And he hears me. He looks on me and, of course, sees the, the shed blood of Christ, but I'm talking about holy living. Not regarding anything in our hearts against God. Uh, not regarding anything in our heart against each other holy and righteous before God, having that fellowship, being able to commune with him daily. How about the, the power of God? That the power of Christ may rest upon me. How can God work through us? Uh, you know, you hear it say it so often that the Holy Spirit ought, ought to work through us like a conduit. That he just pours right through us and out to those around us. But if you're so clogged up with sin, if we have so much junk in our own lives, how can he work through us? How can we have his power if we have not put up the fight against sin? If we have not tried and striven for, for uh, that holiness? The power of God. Joy. Having the joy of Christ in your life. Uh, knowing that you are doing what is right, knowing that you are, are living according to his word. And this last thought here. How about, well done. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Amen. I think we all want to hear that. I don't think it's even a question that we all want to hear that. But once again, Romans 6.12 it is your choice. It is your choice what you experience in the Christian life. It is your choice whether or not you get victory over sin. 
Joshua 1.8 talks about good success. I want good success. I'm sure you want good success. We all want good success. Success in our personal lives, success for our families, success in this church. Uh, Let's expand and go success in in this state, success in the country, success in the world. Success for God, of course. But how do we experience that good success? By daily fighting. Fighting against the sin, the, the personal matters in our own lives that so easily, so often, unfortunately, overcome us. It is a choice. And it's a choice that you make and I make, and we have to make it daily. We have to make it many times even moment by moment in the day. It is not something uh, that is a one-and-done kind of deal. To find the success, you need God. You need to stay away from the sin. You need to flee from it, resist it, gear up for the battle, and then, of course, prepare and train for that battle. Romans 6.12, once again, Let not sin, therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Honestly, the, the whole chapter of Romans 6 is such a great chapter. I would go so far as to say it's probably one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. And not necessarily sometimes because it's so encouraging so much as it's that kind of tough coach who pushes you beyond what you think your limits are, who pushes you to, to go further and become better. Just think of the potential. Just think of the potential. If you become a better Christian, and I become a better Christian, the church is better. I know, no-brainer, no-brainer, but think of what that means. As the church becomes more spirit-filled and spirit-led, and becomes stronger because we are resisting and staying away from the sin, think of what it means to the community. Think of what it means to the nation. It is somewhat discouraging sometimes to see how America is going, but the pastor says he hasn't given up yet. There's still hope. If there's still a God that is living, then there is still hope. So let's not give up so easily, as I said earlier. Let's, let's fight. Let's fight for what we love. Let's fight to do right. Let's fight against sin. The choice is yours. The choice is mine. Let's bow our head, close our eyes. Father, we come before you now. We thank you, God, that you have given us the victory over, over this sin. Help us to claim it, dear God. Help us to claim that victory and see that good success. As the piano begins to play, what choice will you make? Will you allow sin to continue to rule your life or will you make that choice to fight? Brother Joaquin made a lot of good points tonight and a lot of uh, biblical points, things that we ought to take into consideration. Are we resisting? Are we fleeing? Can't help but think of that point of fleeing too often we think we can handle it. I don't need to stay away from it. I can handle it. I can handle that sin in my life. It's okay. 
when all along we should be fleeing. And it's only when we can't flee that we have to resist. That was a good message, Brother Walking. We appreciate that. Let's all stand as we uh, get ready to dismiss. <clears throat> Just a few announcements. Um, there is no bus meeting this uh, upcoming Saturday because uh, the staff is away. So those of you involved in the bus ministry, there is no uh, bus meeting this, this week. All right? Um, other than that, I think that's it. We have soul winning, 9.30, Saturday morning, and again, Tuesday at 6.30. Be in your places, and uh, we'll see you back here at Sunday, on Sunday. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. I uh, just thank you for this message that you've given to us, Lord. I pray that you help us, Lord, to just choose to fight those things in our life, Lord, that are holding us back from uh, being used of you, Lord, that are keeping us from allowing you to work in and through us, Father. Lord, I do pray that you just be with us as we travel home and just uh, bring us back safely uh, this weekend, Lord. We love you. We need you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you.